Thank you for the privilege of being able to share with you uh, this day. How many remember when we were growing up or in our youth time or, or maybe somebody practiced it on us, but we would go around saying, I love you, I love you not. I love you, I love you not. My prayer today is that we decide who do we love. I think it's time to decide as a church, as Christians, who do we love? If we love the Lord, our God, with all our heart, all our mind, or if we love this world more than our God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the privilege that you give us to be able to worship you. Lord, but uh, help us to decide who do we love, Lord. Lord, we beg you that you speak to us through your word, Lord. Lord, there's something going on in this world. Lord, and we already know the, the schemes of Satan. Lord, I think that what's going on in this world is that your church, your people, Lord, we need to decide if we love you or we love the world. Speak to us through your word. Lord, I beg you that we leave this place better than where we came in. We love you, we thank you, and we ask you this in your precious name. Amen. I think we need to decide today. I think that we need to answer today, who do we love? Who do we love? When we see the condition of our lives, we need to get to that point that we have to ask yourself, who do we love? Do we love God or do we love the world? When we see our condition in our lives today, we need to ask the question, who are we paying more attention to? To God or, 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 or to the world? When we see our lives nowadays, we need to ask the, the question, who are we investing more time and resources? To God or to the world? When we see what's going on in our marriages nowadays, we need to ask the question, who are we investing in? Are we investing more in the world or in God? Almost 50% of the marriages are ending up in divorce nowadays. And that's without really knowing uh, those that have lived together that we don't even know when they separate or not. But we need to ask, who do we love nowadays? When we see the condition of our families, we need to start asking, who do we love? Because if we love that God Almighty, our Creator, we can't continue being the family that we are nowadays, church. We can't continue killing kids and kids killing the parents. We can't continue on the path that we're in. It's time for us to decide who do we love. When we see our nation founded in God, we need to ask the question, who does our nation love? Do we love God or do we love our personal agendas? And it's not a political question. It's not about Republicans or Democrats. Who do we love? Either we love God or we love our hidden agendas. How about churches? Who do we love? Two more churches this past month I saw with a for sale sign. If we love God, there's no way, First Baptist, that there could be a for sale sign in front of our churches. Who are we really giving more time, more attention, more of our resources, more of, of everything to? Because then we need to ask the question, are we heavenly minded? If we're heavenly minded, then we're going to know where our attention, our hearts, where are our resources, where is the time going to? Or are we really earthly minded? And it's all about this world and falling in love with the system of this world. And that's why we're seeing the results. 
Please, church, listen to my heart. We cannot love the world and love Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter where we're at. Don't say, oh, but Darius, you don't understand my life. You don't, st- you don't understand that God took away my mom, my dad, my kid. You don't understand what cancer, what a tumor. Listen, it doesn't matter what you think or what you've gone through. We cannot love the world and love God. The Bible is very clear and firm in this matter. I invite you to open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. The pastor asked me to preach on, on this passage to continue the path of 1 John that you're all uh, been listening. 1 John chapter 2, and we're going to be uh, preaching from verse 15 through 17. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. And we need to ask, who do, who do you love? And it's a very important question. Listen to what verse 15 it says. Do not love the world. I love that. It's straight off the bat. It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You see, maybe you, you got here and you heard me, the introduction, and you said, boy, this Cuban came you know, pretty upset today. He must have had a bad day. Oh, he just turned 54 on Friday the 13th with a full moon. That's why he came so upset. No, what I just finished telling you, it's in God's word. It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. So you can't have a problem with me. It's God's word. And the first reason is very clear in that verse. The first reason we are not to love the world is because it's a command. (laughs) It's a command. Listen to it again. Do not love the world or the things in the world. Do not. It's not a suggestion. (laughs) It's telling you do not. It's not how you feel, what you think, what you heard in the past. It's a command. Do not love the world. And we understand what a command is. We understand when it's a red light, it's a command to stop. We understand when there's a stop sign and we get to that corner, it's a, it's a command to stop. We understand when it says 55 or 65, it's a command to go at that speed. Because if we don't, there's consequences. And I feel that sometimes we read the Bible and we think, well, but it's a, it's a God of love. Yes, it's a God of, of love, but it's a just God. And he's telling us, church, please listen to my heart. He's telling us, do not love the world. Last night, I was up to the wee hours of the night talking to a church that is going through major conflict, and it comes down to the same thing. We have permitted for the world to come into our church. That's the main problem with our churches. We are so in love with this world that we've dragged dragged it into church. Church now has become another event in our calendar. Fine if we come, fine if we don't. But yet, the Word of God says, do not love the world but it's interesting it says do not love how does adultery start with affection that's how it starts so maybe we're being too affectionate with the world maybe you're here and saying no pastor there's there's no way that i'm committing committing uh spiritual adultery or i'm not uh, committing adultery with god let me ask you a question are we flirting with it Are we still flirting with with this world that we're beginning to look, we're beginning to sound, we're beginning to act like this world? Maybe we are falling in love with this world. 
How do you say, well, how do you know? Let me ask you a question. Do we feel comfortable and not talking to God every day? Do we feel comfortable not reading his word every day? Do we feel comfortable not spending time sharing God's love with somebody in this world? Do we feel comfortable not coming to church? Worse yet, do we feel comfortable just coming and hearing a 35-minute sermon a week? Because if we're comfortable with all that, listen, we have fallen in love with this world. We are being unfaithful to, to God. We have fallen in love. And that verse says, do not love the world or the things in the world. But we need to see what does the word world means. Please understand, it's not talking about the world, about the planet, about cosmo. God is our created, our creator, and he created all this for us to enjoy, for us to take care of. And I'm not talking about going out of here and hugging a tree or kissing a tree. But he's our creator. So he can't be saying, do not love the planet. He's not saying here, do not love the cosmo. Please understand here, when he says, do not love the world, he's not talking about people. He's not talking about race. He's not talking about culture. Because we all know John 3, 16. We know very clear what it says, for God so loved the world. He's not talking there about the cosmo or the planet. He's talking about people. Here, what he's talking about, do not love the world. He's talking about the world system. The world created by Satan. He's talking about do not love the ideas of this world. Do not love the, the activities in this world. Do not love what, what Satan has twisted that God has given us. Do not love that. This world system is designed, please understand, for us to sin. This world system is designed to, separ to separate us from God. This world system is designed to destroy us, to destroy our lives. This world system is, is designed to destroy our, our marriages. Listen, church, look at Fairburn, look at College Park, look at Palmetto, look at Union City. This world system is destroying the kids, the youth, the marriages. It is just destroying everything around us. And that's why his word says, please do not love the world or the things in the world. And he goes on to explain this a little bit deeper in verse 16 when we get there. In this verse, not only he tells us the command, and it's not in your notes, but this verse tells us that our condition. Listen to this. Verse 15, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. This has to do something to us. This is the time that we need to ask ourselves, do we really love God or we love this world? Because if we love this world, it says that the love of the Father is not in him. This is why, this is a bad condition. This is the condition that we're in in our marriages. This is the condition that we are in our everyday walk. This is the condition that we are in our churches. That's why so many churches are closing down. Because the truth is, if we love this world system, you show that you do not have the love of the Father in us. Now we're beginning to understand every time we turn on the news what's going on. The, the Bible is very clear. This is going to go from bad to worse. But where is the light? Where is the salt? 
Are we leaving other people salty after we finish loving on them? Are we guiding him, them because the Bible says we are the light? Because if we're in love with, with this world, listen, it's not me. It's this verses that Pastor Evan gave me to preach. He says, if you love this world, the, the love of the Father, it's not in us. That has to sh- shock us. That has to say, is this what's going on in my marriage? Is this what's going on with our kids? Is this what's going on at work, in the school, in our community? Is this what's going on in our church? But that's why we have to focus on what God says in his word. Very clear, he says, love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Not only we see here the command, not only we see in these verses the condition, but we also see the conflict. Look at verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So here we see that conflict because we are living in this. It says the lust, the desires of the flesh. And I know what you're going to say. Wait a second, pastor. God gave me the desires. God gave me the desire to sleep. God gave me the desire to eat. God gave me the desire to have sex. But understand the world system, Satan has twisted all that. And now we see sleep as an excuse not to go to work. Now we see sleep and rest as an excuse not to spend time with our family. Now we see sleep and, and, and rest as an excuse not to come on Sunday, not to come on Wednesday, not to come at any time. Because what God gave us as a desire for our good, sin has twisted us. And because we love the world, we have twisted the desire that God gave us. Food. God gave us a desire for food. Some of us. I've twisted that, and we will die from it. So we see that we love the world or we love God. What about sex? That is a perfect desire that God gave us with our husband and with our wives, but we've wanted to take it out of the marriage. The world system, Satan has twisted it. But it's interesting because it says the lust of the eyes. It's an open, have you noticed that we live nowadays like an open appetite with our eyes? Look at this. And we say it like with a Hispanic accent, with a passion. Look at this. Look at what I want. Look at that. And it says, be careful because that's not of God. And that's exactly how we're living nowadays. And what can we say about the pride of life? You know what's destroying our nation? Pride. You know what's destroying our marriages? Pride. You know what's destroying our relationship with our kids? Well, that's why we kill our kids. I help out at, at Campbell Elementary, and you wouldn't believe how many times I hear when the parents are dropping them off, hey, you better behave because you better not make me look bad. No, you better behave because that's the will of God. But once those kids make us look bad, we kill them. But then the kids kill their parents because of pride. And if somebody in I-85 gets in front of us, we kill them. Well, maybe not here, but in Miami we do. <laughs> because of pride. 
In Miami, they either show you a gun or show you the middle finger, but they will show you something. <laughs> it's all about pride. Do you know what's killing our churches? Pride. Please understand that the world system is committed to at least four major objectives. Fortune, money, and that is the love of fortune, of money. But the more money we have, the more money we want. And that is part of the system of this world. Because the more money we have, the less we have to depend on Jesus. When Jesus in his model of the prayer, he says, and give us our daily bread. Listen, not our weekly bread, not our monthly bread, not our annual bread, not our retirement bread. He said that he was going to give us our daily bread. And if we love him and not love the world, the day that you're missing your bread in your house, you can come here and we'll give you plenty of bread. Because that promise is for those that love him. And you're going to say, well, pastor, we've seen those little kids with a big stomach and they're dying. But look what's around them. They have all these humongous cows walking around them. And they're dying because that's their God. They can't kill them. They'll drink their urine. They'll do a lot of stuff, but they can't kill them. You might say, well, why don't they uh, start producing crops? They do, but here comes plagues of rats, and they eat all, the, the, all, all their, their, their fruits and their corn and the stuff. And you say, well, why don't they kill them? No, because that's their great-great-grandfather that are coming to eat. Listen, that promise is for God's people. And it doesn't matter what race. It doesn't matter what culture. If we love God and not the world, we don't have to love the world because of the fortune. But also this world is part of the fame. Be somebody in someone's eye. We do stuff for clapping. We do stuff for the money. And God says, just love me. I gave you my life for you. I'm willing to. Because when you read this, these verses, the love has to do with eternal life or eternal, or eternal hell. And we see the fame. And we see the system of this world, the power. And the only reason why we want more power is so we can control more. And the reason why we want more power is to be able to manipulate more. But also, the major objective for this world is pleasure. To fulfill our desire. You see, then that, that's conflict. Because that verse says, for all that is in this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of lust." of the eyes and the pride of life it's not of the father but is of the world we see the command we see the condition we see the conflict you want to see the contrast verse 17 and the world is passing away and the lust of it but he who does the will of God abides forever. It will all fade away. We're, we're not taking anything. It's all going to stay behind. That's why every time they find a new pyramid and they open and they find boats and they find gold and they find, listen, they didn't take it with them. It says very clear, that, and that's a contrast, and the world is passing away. And the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. What is the will of God? Love your God with all your heart. With all your soul. 
with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Listen, church, when we love God, we love our neighbor. And I know that we're all doing who's your one. Because if we love God, we have one. Because if we just love the world and we don't love God, I want you to look at this picture that it's on the on PowerPoint. If you can put the last picture. Oh, I hope they put the picture. Oh, there it is. How many have seen this picture before? You know the story behind it? Kevin Carter, in 1993, he flew to Sudan, Africa, and he started taking pictures. And he took this picture of this little girl, 25 to 50 feet away from the food camp. And just when he was going to take a picture of her, you see the vulture that came in. And he snapped that picture in 1993. In April of 1994, they gave Kevin, he won the best picture of the year. What you're seeing right there. The best picture. And when all the newspaper in the United States and when the New York Times started publishing this picture everywhere in the front cover of all the magazine. He started going to conferences and started talking about Sudan and everything that he saw. And when they started asking him questions about this picture. Listen, church. They asked him what happened to the little girl. He goes, I don't know. But did she make it to the food camp? And he says, I don't know. Do you know if the vulture ate her? He goes, I don't know. Do you know if somebody helped her? He goes, I don't know. I just took the picture and left. Listen, church. When we love the world, that's what we do. When we just want fame, when we want awards, that's all we do. We just walk away. But when we love God, we already know the picture. Do we know the picture of Fairburn already? I do know it already in one year. Alcohol, adultery, false gods, work, uh, workaholics. We already, we already have the picture of the divorces, of, of the abuse, of the homeless. Listen, church, we already have the picture of Fairburn, of Union City, of College Park, of Palmetto. We already have the picture. My question is, do we love God enough to do something about it? He won that award in April. In July 24th, a few months later, Kevin Carter committed suicide because he couldn't answer the question what happened to the little girl and here to my heart how can we continue living and not knowing what's happening in Fairburn how can we think that we can continue moving on without knowing who's your one who is our one we're not asking for a revival. We're not asking for the full church. We're just asking who's your one. Please don't walk away from the picture. I know it's a stunning picture. I shared it with a pastor on Thursday. 
I know it's tough. I know that it moves us. But we can't just walk away. Because if we walked away, if we're more in love with this world, it's telling us right there in those, voice, in those verses that the love of the Father, it's not in us. And there is no eternal life. Just eternal condemnation. Where are we? I personally believe in a year that God is not done with First Baptist. It can't be about what he did 20, 30, 40 years ago. He's not done with Fairburn. He's not done with Union City, with College Park, with Palmetto. He's not done. We just need to ask ourselves, who do we love? Because if we love God, we're going to love the people. And if we don't do something, then that's very clear and very strong. The love of the Father, it's not in us. I'm not saying that having passion for politics is wrong. I'm not saying that having passion for college football, for the NFL, for, or baseball, it's wrong. But who's our passion? Because that's going to make a difference. It's going to make a difference in one's life. In one life. It's going to make a difference in our lives. It's going to make a difference in our marriage. It's going to make a difference in our kids. It's going to make a difference in our church. Who do we love? It's our homework question. But I think God is not done. What if the best yet to come? What if God says, if you guys enjoyed this place 20, 30 years ago, what if we just start one by one?